0: Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done, but don't worry, because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to help you unwind and sleep harder than the all-star voter slept on BAM at a bio. Sleep PM bath salts fuse superior CBD and melatonin with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience and give you the relaxation you desperately deserve. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code MBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code MBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD.
1: You are locked on NBA Draft. Your daily podcast on the NBA draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How high is too high for the electric Jalen Green? You are locked on the NBA draft. My name is Sam Ferris. And as always, I am joined by my friend and my co-host, the other member of the Draft Dummies. How's it going for you this afternoon, Cody? It's going great. I'm super excited to
0: talk about Jalen Green and his otherworldly athleticism. This show, we're going to first highlight on his offense some of his strengths and weaknesses on that end of the floor. The second segment, we're going to get into his defense and uh, his potential there. And then lastly, we're going to talk about his NBA potential and his fit at the next level.
1: All right, let's start with kind of the high-end raw numbers for Jalen Green I've got them here, Cody, so I'll go ahead and share those. He averaged through the G League bubble season they just had just under 18 points per game, over 45% from the field, 35% from three, and 82% from the free throw line, around four rebounds and three assists per game with just under three turnovers and just over one and a half steals per game. So, Cody, to kick us off, uh, I'm going to ask you a question based on your expectations coming into this G-League season, would you say that Jalen Green underperformed met or overperformed compared to your expectations?
0: I would say he's right about uh, where I thought he should be with the G-League. The G-League is not easy. A lot of guys are really trying to get theirs. Uh, There's a lot of players moving up and down. Uh, Continuity is really tough. Um, So, I think his numbers were were pretty, pretty spot on for what I expected. The one thing I was really happy about was that 35% from three and uh, some of the threes he, he took on the pull up there. So uh, what about you? How do you feel
1: about his numbers? So for me, he did overperform compared to my expectations a little bit. And part of the difficulty with his evaluation, as you mentioned, is just the fact that you know, playing in the G League, this is the first time we've seen prospects go that route. And so, just like it was a little bit difficult evaluating guys like Lamelo and RJ Hampton because they were the first to go to Australia, and there really, really was not much of a precedence for that. You know, when we evaluate guys in college and even overseas, lots of times we have, you know, years of other prospects to compare their numbers and their trajectory and progress to. So this was a bit new, but. You know, I had watched him both at Prolific Prep and at FIBA, and you hinted at the efficiency, both from three and just from the field. That was what really exceeded my expectations, and I thought he did improve in a couple of different areas. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about that, Cody. But I think we would be remiss if we didn't start by highlighting his elite athleticism. Uh, to me, I would say that in terms of a vertical athlete, he's a potential dunk championship level athlete. Uh, would you say Cody is kind of top one, top two, top three percent in terms of athletes in the NBA when you see him h- hitting his physical peak four or five years from now?
0: Yeah, I mean, he is a freak athletically, and that that's a thing that jumps off uh, the film when you're watching him. And uh, he's kind of an all-around athlete. He's not just a you know, straight line sprinter or just a leaper. He can move really in any way you need him to. He's really quick laterally. Uh, he uses short burst really well. He has a high high top gear uh, pushing the ball up the floor. So, yeah, he, he gets to his spots, that's for sure,
1: because athletically uh, it's hard to keep him in front of you. Yeah, when you combine the explosiveness of his first step plus the open court speed, plus the elite vertical. It's a combination you don't see too often. And then, like you mentioned, he's, he's, he, he can slide his feet very well on the perimeter defensively. There were just a couple plays I wanted to highlight that stood out because you see him, and he is a pretty skinny kid right now. But you and I, Cody, we don't really hit on that too much because a lot of these kids, when they're 17, 18, 19, even 20 – it goes without saying that they're not fully developed. He's still skinny, but I think when he hits his physical peak that he is not going to be really lacking for strength. And I think the functional athleticism and functional strength at this age are very good. And one, one or two plays that stood out, there was one where he caught the ball and ripped baseline, but the guy was kind of right on his hip and I wasn't expecting him to be able to elevate and explode like he did, but, With the guy on his hip, he just exploded the rim for a two-handed dunk and the announcers were kind of left there flabbergasted almost. And then a similar play where he got his hands on a ball defensively and it was kind of a fumble, scramble for the ball and he was getting bumped down the court. And I thought, you know, skinny kid, it's going to be a tough finish here. But no, he was on balance and he exploded through that contact and dunked again. So just the amount of dunks that a guy can get off in the the few amount of games playing for the first time in his career against professional competition, that really, really stands out on the film.
0: Yeah, he plays a lot stronger than his frame is right now. Uh, And I think he is someone, he's he's really skinny, but he's got the body type where he's going to fill out. Um, I mean, he's still so young. By the time he's 24, I think he's going to be a lot heavier. Right now, I think he's about 186 is what I heard. I think he can get to 195, 200 pounds of muscle and keep that athleticism. And yeah, the the body control, the strength he plays with, uh, that's one of the most fun things to watch about him on dunks, but also some of the layups. Uh, He's just so good at contorting his body any which way he needs to and staying under control and uh, putting the ball up in a controlled manner for a finish. It's, it's really fun to watch.
1: Yeah. And I was a bit surprised to see the extent of the skill with regard to his finishes, because I knew, and I had seen before the electric athleticism when he's at the rim to dunk, but I think he's a good layup finisher too, with, you know, different types of packages using different types of spin kind of slithering through the lane, the ability to use both hands, different types of spin and different types of kind of runways to get into his layup package. So to me, that was promising to see because at times these great athletes, you know, they get around the rim and sure they can finish dunking at the rim, but sometimes kind of the layup and a touch finishing at the rim isn't quite there. But in my opinion, it is with Jalen green.
0: Yeah, it's there. And it is also something he's going to get a lot better at. He can get a lot better he really likes to go right, uh, but when he is forced into, you know, a left side finish and he has to use his left hand, it's soft. He's got the touch, and I think he just has so much area to improve. Still, it's scary because if he adds uh, more moves in traffic, like euro steps, side steps, kind of up and unders, like he does sometimes, he's gonna get
1: uh, even better than he is now, and it's gonna be pretty scary. So let's transition into talking about the athleticism, but how it pertains to his scoring ability, because, you know, as we talked about, and as we've talked about in the past, different types of layup makers that, you know, some can use their strength and athleticism, some use craft. Well, what stands out really to me watching the film is uh, of him as a scorer is he has the, the kind of athleticism package where. He can get into his pull-up whenever he wants. He can elevate so high and get that shot off. But the footwork, where I saw a couple different times where he's doing between the legs, behind the back, step-backs that look very advanced for a kid his age. So I guess the overarching point here, Cody, is I expected the explosive athleticism, you know, ability to elevate into the jumper, but it's pretty rare, especially at this age when you see guys combine the craft and footwork and sure, it's not completely advanced, but even hints at that at this point in time is very special when you combine that with the freakish athleticism.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he can create his shots very easily right now. He's only going to get more skilled at it. And it's just be going to come down uh, to a consistently making the jump shot. We'll talk a little more about his three-point shooting uh, after we get into some ads here.
1: So this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Uh, Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. This is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Plus, it ships right to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code locked on to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast.
0: We're covering everything you need to know about the NBA draft. But what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On today, wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, we're going to talk about his defense here shortly, but we didn't get into his three-point shot much. Sam, I really liked what I saw uh, from a guy that is still working on that part of his game. I think the form looks good. His base looks good. I like his hip and shoulder alignment. Uh, he showed some ability to knock him down off the dribble and then some catch and shoot times. He does a great job of just getting it right in the shooting pocket and going up with it. I was pretty pleased with that. And I think he's got a good trajectory there.
1: Yep, totally agree with you there. This was one of the more surprisingly positive aspects of the game that stood out to me watching all of his G League film. And Cody, when I look at his jumper, there are kind of three questions that I ask myself. Number one, is it versatile? Number two, is it repeatable? And number three, does it just go in? And we kind of hinted at the versatility already. Because of his athleticism and because the form on his jumper is good, he can shoot it really well off the catch, really well off the dribble, and really well off movement. So I love that versatility and that upside, that room for improvement that that gives him going forward. Um, It it does The shot does go in, too. Shot it 45% from the field, over 35% from three, which – at this age, those are very good numbers. And I think the form is improved. I noticed, you know, in high school and in FIBA that sometimes the elbow positioning was a bit off. Sometimes he could let the ball get into his chest and push it a little too much. And that still shows up occasionally, but I think he's improved by leaps and bounds for sure. So when I look at kind of my checklist of him as a jump shooter, I think he's going to be a good shooter. I think it's projectable. Plus, I love that versatility that his form and his athleticism gives him moving forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the focus on the three in the NBA um, today, he's going to work on it a ton, uh, like, you know, basically every wing. And so it's only going to get better in my mind. And if he's able uh, to get the respect from defenders out there, they are going to have a hard time keeping him out of the lane.
1: Yeah. So let's get into the defense now. Uh, It's tough to use stats and obviously all we have for him are the raw blocks and steals numbers. So more importantly, Cody, when watching the film, what stood out to you in terms of the defense for Jalen Green?
0: So I kind of feel like a broken record here for anyone that listened to the Draft Dummies podcast, but a lot of these crazy athletes, it just comes down to whether they want it or not. Jalen Green has all the physical tools. I wish he had a little more length, I think six, seven and a half wingspan, but um, he's long enough and he's super quick laterally. Uh, He could be a great NBA defender. It's just consistency. Uh, The G League, it's not my favorite film to watch. Sometimes it feels like a pickup game and guys can be pretty lazy defensively. And Jalen Green was kind of in and out of giving 100% effort or not. Uh, But when he wants it, slides his feet so well, can really get after the ball handler, is great at getting weak side blocks. He can really use that athleticism and timing uh, to help. But it's just a matter of doing it consistently. And if he just wants to decide that uh, he's going to be great on that end, I think he can be.
1: Yeah, so we tend to give kids this age, the benefit of the doubt, especially if when they're this young and they have these physical tools, he's got certainly the ability to slide on the perimeter and keep guys in front of him. But I do want to talk in a second about the physical profile and what your thoughts are there, Cody. But first, one thing that really stood out to me is, you know, we've talked about how quick he is just in general, but I thought his hands were really good on the perimeter because I noticed multiple times on film, there were 50-50 balls. And, you know, I guess that quickness translates to his hands because he seemed to corral and just get his hands on any 50-50 ball. And I think that is a big positive moving forward and a big indicator of kind of higher end upside defensively. And it reminded me of an interview that I listened to with Bob Myers, who is the GM of the Golden State Warriors, back when they kind of had their dynasty going. Uh, I heard him interviewed, and he said one of the top things that he looked for in terms of defenders and just role players to fill out his roster was the guys with the best hands, both offensively and defensively. And if you think back on those teams, they had you know guys like Iguodala, Livingston, Draymond Green. He basically equated winning players to IQ and to hands, which I thought was kind of a fascinating way to think about it. Now, looking back on that now, it's a bit ironic because they just drafted James Wiseman, who has really terrible hands at this point in time. But I thought it was kind of an interesting anecdote to think about. And I think that's a positive indicator when looking at his potential defensively.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Active feet and active hands. That's the key to success on defense. And like you said, when he's engaged, he has it. Uh, He can get his hands all over the basketball, whether... It's on ball or off ball, playing the passing lanes, beating guys at the rim. Uh, I think he has all the tools to be a stellar NBA defender. It's just going to come down to consistency and uh, whether he wants to focus on that end of the floor and be great at it. I wish we saw a little more MJ and Kobe and some some of the younger guys because they they took that end of the floor very seriously because they wanted to win. And uh, I hope Jalen Green kind of takes in that mindset.
1: Yeah. So let's touch on the physical profile here for a second. We've talked about his athleticism. He is listed at six five with a six seven and a half wingspan. But something I've been thinking about lately, especially after last year's class, because is just the importance of you know size for the position, positional size. I think that's still undervalued. I think I've undervalued at times in the past because. We think about the league going small when in reality, that's not the case. The league is going more skilled and more versatile. But if you can combine skill and versatility with size, that is still, you know, the best combination that you can put on a basketball court. So six, five, six, seven and a half wingspan. But Cody, I looked up his closest physical comparison and it's Jordan Clarkson. And I think of Jordan Clarkson as more of a smaller guard, just anecdotally, when I think about him as a player. He's pretty skinny. He's not a really big guard. Does that concern you at all when thinking about Jalen Green's upside? No, not
0: really. Uh, I've seen him listed at 6'6", six, six, so he probably is 6'5", uh, but not really. I, I try not to get too caught up in comparisons. I mean, we can find some other guys uh, that were, you know, more in the 6'4", six, 6'5", six, range shooting guards that, you know, excel defensively and whatnot. So it uh, doesn't concern me at all. Like I said, I think his frame is going to allow him to put a bunch of weight on. I think he can uh, become more of a stacked and stronger uh, defender. So doesn't really concern me at all. What about you?
1: Uh, just slightly, the reason why yes. – I was thinking about it was because Isaac Akura was a guy that I loved in the last class. He was listed at 6'6", and I expected him to be able to check some of those bigger wings. And just watching him now compared to NBA athletes, like he looks closer to 6'5", maybe even a tick under 6'5", and that, that's just worrisome and does limit his upside defensively. Now, Jalen Green isn't going to derive most of his value on the defensive side of the ball, But I do wish, just in terms of reaching a very high-end outcome, I wish he was a bit taller. But 6'5 is still prototypical size for a shooting guard, compensates for the elite quickness and athleticism. So small concern, but certainly not a deal-breaker at all.
0: Yeah, I'm not really concerned. I mean, Clay Thompson's probably a true 6'6. But I think there are plenty of guys that are a little on the shorter side. Dwayne Wade in his prime defensively. Uh, if you want to be a good defender, I think being 6'5", you're you you're fine with his athletic tools too. So it doesn't really bother me. I am a little cynical with defense in the NBA now anyways because they can't be like physical at all. So I don't know, all of these uh, star players kind of get theirs offensively. You just want to find guys that can uh, – make it hard on them. And I think Jalen green has the tools. If he really, really works on that end, he would be
1: uh, stellar at it. So we'll see. So the last improvement point that I wanted to hit on with him is the ball handling ability. And that's something that I saw a pretty big leap on from high school and FIBA till now it stood out on the film watching him as he was younger, that, you know, he had that explosive athleticism in the first step. But lots of times when the lane would kind of close in or he'd get bumped, he'd pick up his dribble early and not be able to get all the way to the rim due to partially lack of strength, but also not advanced dribble and handling abilities. Uh, You know, that's maybe a small concern moving forward, but I think he's done a lot to improve that there. He can use his handle really well to get into the jumper and he's improved the functional strength. So that I just wanted to hit on that. I was happy to see that improved as part of his game. And I, I don't expect that to be too big of a concern moving forward either. All
0: right. Coming up, we are going to get into what makes him such
1: an intriguing NBA prospect and uh, how we'll think he'll do at the next level. So we've been telling you about Built Bar. I talked about it on our last episode. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. It is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. So now is the time to find out actually which Bilt Bar is the best. And this is Built Bar Madness, where they have set up um, a bracket to vote on and see which is the best flavor of Bilt Bar so I invite you guys to go check out BuiltBar.com. Vote on your favorite and see which one finishes as the best flavor. You can check them out, out again on BuiltBar.com or at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And remember, use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com.
0: Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to let them know you came from us. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
1: March Madness is only a few weeks away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on this year's draft analysis by listening to us, but also by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast, Draft guru Chad Ford has released his Big Board 2.0 with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and many more. Again, subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so Cody, in this final segment, we want to talk about where we have him ranked on our Big Board. Again, talking about Jalen Green. So we started off the show, Cody, saying how high is too high for Jalen Green. So, Cody, how high is too high for Jalen Green? Where do you think you're going to end up having him on your board? I think number one is
0: too high, just with Cade Cunningham, and uh, I don't think I'd get much pushback on that from people. But other than that, I I am one to say that, you know, we get the draft wrong every year. Everyone does. If, you, if someone wants him as high as two, that doesn't bother me at all. Uh, so – In my opinion, one would be too high. Other than that, it doesn't really matter to me. What do you think?
1: Yeah, but I've got Cade Cunningham at one as well. And then I'm fine having Jalen Green at number two or number three. But I think for me at this point, based on the improvement that I've seen, based on his upside and what I saw in the G League bubble, I think he is a lock for either the two or the three spot on my board. And like you said, Cody, I, I do similarly where I have tiers, you know, so two and three, it's basically equal for me, depending on what the team prefers, what that team has already and what they're looking for. And so I have him right there at number two or three, certainly definitely a a top five guy in this draft for me. Um, But Cody, one thing I wanted to talk about because we've hinted at, you know, how high his upside is. I recently listened to an interview with Charles Barkley where he said that his definition of a superstar in the NBA is a guy that can provide value in multiple ways to his team. And in this context, he was talking about Zion Williamson, how Zion, sure, he's a great athlete and he's a great scorer, but at this point, he expects... Better defense or better rebounding, ideally both from Zion. But for Barkley to consider Zion as a true superstar, he needs him to to contribute multiple aspects of his game. So, Cody, I guess my question is: if we do end up seeing Jalen Green reach that you know realistic ceiling, maybe his ninetieth percentile outcome, what kind of player is that, and what might you envision him bringing to a team other than just pure scoring? Well, and that's what's so intriguing about him because if he's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six,
0: and um, he develops that three-point shot and we didn't get a chance to talk about his playmaking much, but he's shown signs that he'll be able to create. It's not his biggest strength, but he'll be able to bend the defense a little and take advantage with skip passes and creating for teammates. Uh, if he's able to do that and he buys in defensively and is like, a clay Thompson level defender uh, he's going to be really really valuable two-way wing that are just so hard to come by that can give you a little bit of everything uh, it's going to come down to that three-point shot and uh, the defense but I think he has the potential to be an all-nba level player at that 90th percentile or higher outcome for him what about you
1: Yeah, again, to clarify, we're talking about his realistic ceiling here. So we're talking about, you know, simulate his outcome 10 times. We're talking about, you know, the one or two best outcomes here. So, yeah, I agree. If that's the case, we're talking about I see him as kind of a Zach Levine level offensive player, but maybe even a little bit better playmaking because I do think his feel has improved. And I think it's actually pretty solid, especially compared to what I expected watching the film. So combine that with a high-level defensive player and better playmaking, better decision-making, a little higher IQ, then, yeah, we're talking about a perennial all-star. And I I certainly don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. Again, this is a top 15 percentile outcome we're talking about. But when looking at that, Cody, I think, to me, in my opinion, Cade Cunningham has the top high-end outcome if we're talking about ceilings. But to me, number two is Jalen Green.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't give you a lot of pushback there. I think his potential is up there with uh, Cade, higher than
1: some of the other prospects. So anything else, Cody, that you wanted to cover here? I think we've gotten through a lot on Jalen Green. I think we're both very high and very excited, and I'm certainly excited to see where he ends up in the NBA.
0: Yeah, I just hope that he... Uh, gets more towards a clay Thompson level uh, defender at the shooting guard position and uh, a little bit away from the Zach Levine end on defense. So we'll see, but
1: uh, the sky's the limit for him. All right. Thank you listeners for tuning in as usual. We appreciate it. You can follow us, at draft dummies on Twitter and be sure to subscribe to this podcast, wherever you get your podcast and please leave us a review. If there's anything you think we can do better, please uh, include that as well, but we would certainly appreciate a five-star review. All righty. We will see you guys next time.